That's one of my favorite songs. I love that song. And I was in Kentucky one time preaching in a, in a meeting, and I'd never heard that song. And as a family got up and sung it, and son, I about to lost it, man, because that song was wonderful. I love that song. And man, I sure enjoyed being in church this morning. And if you've not enjoyed being in church, I'm just going to be honest with you. There's one of two things. Either you're about to die or you're asleep. That's the only two things why you've not enjoyed church this morning. Amen? All right. He said the jokes were over. I'm sorry. I should. I, I'm, they're almost over. And man, that choir, I've heard your choir sing a lot of times, brother, but that was the best I've ever heard Calvary Baptist Church choir. That was unbelievable. I mean that. And I love good choir singing, and that's as good as you're going to hear in the country, I'm telling you. That was amazing. And it fired me up back here. Well, I want you to take your Bible and go to the book of the Revelation this morning, Revelation chapter 22. And uh, while you're uh, turning, I'll just talk for a minute. I'm sure I'm glad to be at Calvary. Uh, I don't take it lightly any time I get to stand and preach, but there's some places that are real special, and I'm standing in one this morning. I love your preacher. Uh, he's my hero. I don't have many of those, but I do have a couple, and he's one of them. Uh, I love Brother Steve and Miss Tammy. They are precious, 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 precious people. I'm telling you. They don't come around like that every, one, every day. I'm just telling you. Uh, I hope you know what you got in your pastor, because I'm telling you, he's one of God's choice servants, and I mean that. Uh, he's one of the greatest preachers in America. But I, more than that, and y'all know him probably better than I do, but not only is he one of the greatest preachers in America, I think he's one of the greatest people in America. And that's what makes him, and he's not here, so I'll talk about him. That's what makes him so great. And uh, I hope that you know what you got. You take care of them, and I know you do, but I'm just reminding you. You support them. You stand behind him. As long as he stands on that book, you stand behind him. And uh, Because I promise you, something, you ever heard anybody say you don't miss what you got till it's gone? Sometimes I think we, got, we do that with our churches and our pastors. I'm telling you, you got one of the greatest preachers in America, and I hope you know that. Well, I'm thankful to be here, and I got my nerves out mostly, and that's where I can preach. So I want to go to the book of Revelation, and chapter number 22. I'm not going to read one verse, but I'll let you stand. I like stand for the reverence and the respect of God's Word, the King James Bible. I'm nervous this morning. If you stand up here and look at all y'all ugly faces, y'all be nervous too. I'm just going to be honest with you. And, um, but I asked the Lord to help us this morning. I'm asking him to help us. And while I'm preaching, if you hear something you agree with, rejoice with me. If you hear something you agree with, say amen. Y'all know how to do that? Amen. If you'll say amen while I preach, I'll do two things. I'll preach better and I'll preach faster. All right? So somebody got it. They said amen. I mean that. Oh, my. It's all right to say amen. It's all right to lift your hands. It's all right to lift your voice. I pray we'd go to church this morning. Be all right with me, all right? Amen. Revelation chapter 22, verse number 20. He which testifieth these things saith, I love these four words, surely I come quickly. And I feel a whole lot like John because John responded a whole lot like what I would say. He said, amen. amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. He which testifieth these things saith, surely I come quickly. Amen, even so, come, Lord Jesus. I'm going to preach this morning on the topic of the second coming. I'm going to preach this morning on he's coming. Amen. I'm glad he's coming, ain't you? I'm glad this world's not our home. I'm glad heaven's a reality for us. I'm glad one of these days we're going to get to go in. Let's pray. Lord, I sure do love you. I sure do thank you, God. This morning I pray that you'd help us. Lord, I pray that you'd help my body, my voice. Lord, I, Lord I pray that you'd just help me. Lord, you know what I stand in need of. Lord, I pray that you help us to get something from your word this morning. Your precious and holy name we do pray. Pray that you'd empty me myself, cleanse me of sin, fill me with your spirit. We love you, Lord. 
In your name we pray. And man, thank you for standing. You can be seated. In our Bible right here, in these 16 words of verse number 20, we find the very last promise of our King James Bible, and we find the last prayer of our Bible. We see where the Lord gives a very clear and powerful promise that he's going to come again. But it, we also see where John the Beloved cries and, and asks and requests and prays for him to do just that. And I believe within the, in the prayer of John the Beloved, I believe we can hear the echo of the heart cry for every saint of God that's lived down through the ages because I believe within the heart of every Christian there is a desire for the Lord Jesus to come back. And I know this morning that John, when he asks, when he sends that request out to Jesus, he's not praying for something that may or not happen. He's not praying for if it'll happen, but I believe that John's praying for when it'll happen because I know John just knows as well as I do that Jesus is coming again. And you can have this world if you want it, but thank God this world's not my home. I'm looking for a country that's far greater than this one whose builder and maker is God. Thank God I'm ready. I'm ready to go to heaven, amen. I sure wish he had come today. Thank God. Well, I really about wound tighter than a banjo spring, so I just hope you'll stay with me, all right? I'm looking forward to preach this morning. Well, I'm glad he's coming. I want to preach on that request that John made. John says, amen, even so come Lord Jesus. I want to look at that request, preach topically this morning. I don't do that much, but I'm going to this morning. And just look at that and just remind us that he's coming. I'm glad he's coming, amen. That should ought to give you joy and comfort and peace in your heart this morning that you don't have to live in this world and it be all there is, but there's hope of a better day, amen. I want to look at three things in our text. Number one, I want us to see the reason for John's request. The reason for John's request. Why could John make this request? How could John make this request with such confidence? That's what I like about it. Because there was some foundations in this. He didn't just say it to say it. Now, some of y'all, sometimes y'all just say things to say things. My little kids like that. They just say things to say things. I'm like, you know, it's all right for your lips to say shut sometimes. And you know what? But John didn't just say something to say it. He had something underneath that thing that could stand on. Number one, I want to say he, the reason for his request was based on the Lord's promises. Because in our text, in verse number 20, uh, he says, Jesus did, surely I come quickly. But that ain't the first time Jesus ever made that promise. In Revelation 22, 7, he said it again, behold, I come quickly. In verse number 12, he said it again, and behold, I come quickly. But that ain't the first time Jesus ever made this promise. I think about the book of John, chapter number 14, verse number 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, but we're not so what I told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, what did he say? I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also. I also thought about the book of Acts, chapter number one, where Jesus was ascending back up into glory, where they're on that Judean hillside. Acts number, chapter one, verse number 10 reads this. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which, uh, which also said, you men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? heaven. This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner, as ye have seen him go into heaven. For 2,000 years, this has been the blessed hope of the believer that Jesus is coming again. You know what? This morning, 
It we're not ju- I, John's not just requesting him to come back just to do it. No, he's got the promise of the Lord Jesus that he's going to come again. You say, Brother Jeremiah, what's he going forward on this morning? I'm not going forward on myself, but I'm going forward with the hope and the basis of the promises of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible said in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 9, that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. You know what promise he's talking about? The promise for him to come again. Amen. You say, Preacher, how do you know he's coming again? Because he promised he was coming again. But not only do we see he's basing it on the promises, but he's also basing it on the Lord's purposes. Because I believe that in this moment, John is thinking like Jesus is thinking. Because you see, John has been exiled to Patmos. And time out. Commercial break. John In Revelation chapter number one, when you see where Patmos is mentioned, I think it's the very next verse, you see where John's in the spirit on the Lord's day. Do you know that John never mentions Patmos again after he got in the spirit? That's right. <laughs> see, us Baptists, we like to mention our trials and our troubles. That's, man, you go to camp meeting, that's all you hear. You don't hear no camp meeting preaching anymore. You just hear about troubles and trials. Do you know what? If you'd get filled up with the Holy Ghost this morning, you would forget all about Patmos. Yeah, man. Well, anyway, that didn't cost you a thing extra, all right? Here's the deal. John is thinking like Jesus is thinking. And so when G- John right here, when he talks about this, see, Jesus has already showed him the entire church age. He's already seen the tribulation period. He's already seen the rise and the fall of the Antichrist. John's even been able to see the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And John knows that God has a purpose for the Lord's return. He knows that when the Lord returns, it's going to spell the end of sin. It's going to spell the end of sorrow. It's going to spell the end of Satan for the, for the child of God. Because when he comes again, when Jesus comes again, John knows that he's going to be glorified and exalted above everything else. And John longs for that. He desires more than anything for him, Jesus, to be glorified. You know what, you and I this morning, that should be our desire is to see Jesus glorified and exalted above everything else. Now, you and I know this morning that in the world we live in today, he ain't glorified and exalted. You know what he is? He's hated. He's rejected by so many. They love just the mere mention of his name, driven away from the public arena. But when Jesus comes again, ain't none of that going to be going on. Hey, Amen. When he comes again, he's not coming as the meek and lowly Jesus. When Jesus comes again, he's not coming as the humble carpenter of Galilee. But when Jesus comes again, he's coming as the king of kings, and he's coming as the Lord of lords. He's coming in victory. He's coming in glory, and he's coming in power. He's not coming to ask for a vote of confidence from humanity. No, he's coming to rule, and he's coming to reign. That's when Jesus comes again. He's going to be glorified and exalted above everything else. And so when John hears the Lord say, surely I come quickly, John says, amen, even so come, Lord Jesus. In my heart this morning, I'm saying the same thing John's saying, amen, even so come, Lord Jesus, because I long to see him glorified and exalted. There'll be no cross for Jesus to bear the next time he comes. They'll never crucify him again, because when he comes again, he's coming to rule and he's coming to reign so the reason for John's request, and I thought about this. I thought about the reservation of John's request. Yeah. Now, John, you say, well, there ain't no reservation in that request. Well, maybe not, but just stay with me. John answers the Lord's statement by saying, amen. Agree, and that's what the word means, by the way. That's why you're supposed to say amen in church, because you're saying, I agree with you. Yeah. 
Jesus is alive. Okay, so you said agreed. All right, now, so that's what John does. Amen, even so come. He's showing agreement with Jesus' statement. And I feel like John feels. I wish it be today. But even with that, there's still that thought of reservation in my mind. See, I didn't always feel like a feel right now, but it's coming. There was a time that I wasn't saved. Just put it real honest. Let's just put it out and open. Same with y'all. If you've been saved, there's a time you wasn't saved. If you've never been saved, the time you ain't saved is right now. Now, I was 17 years old. I tell you when I got saved. I've been wicked every day since then, too. But thank God it's under the blood. But before I got saved, you know, I got to hear some of the grace, pre- the grace preaching in America. I did. Different preachers, I got to hear them. And I remember thinking, hearing those preachers preach about his coming. He's coming. Son, ain't nothing like hearing a good old-fashioned preacher preach about the second coming of Christ. And you know what? I remember sitting there in the seat, scared to death. Because they preached the imminent return of Christ. That's how fast it's going to be. You ain't going to be able to get ready for it. Man, I got so scared. I remember listening to those preachers. I remember going to my bed at night, trembling, scared, crying myself to sleep. Because this could be the day. This could be the hour. This could be the moment that he comes again. And if he did, I wasn't ready. But thank God, June 22nd, 2013, 3060 Poplar Springs Road. I bowed on my knees on some ugly red shag carpet. <laughs> it was ugly. And I remember like it was yesterday. I started bowing. You know what I did after that? That's my story. You just, I'll preach in a second. I started with my knees on the ground and ended up, I was in my bedroom. I remember I ended up with just laying on my bed, pouring my heart out to God, asking him to save me, even though I was unworthy, even though I didn't deserve it, I asked him to save me. Believed in the Lord Jesus, believed on the Lord Jesus. Guess what happened? He saved me. Now the Lord has changed my thinking about his coming. I no longer dread it. I anticipate it. I'm no longer filled with fear over his coming. I'm filled with joy and peace and happiness, thinking it could be the day that we leave this world, but there's still a reservation in my heart about us coming. Now, I don't have the same burden I had before I got saved, but Brother Ethan, I still have a burden because I got friends and I got family that if Jesus were to come back today, they wouldn't be ready and they'd spend eternity in hell. I wonder who you know if Jesus were to come back right now who do you know would be left? Say, Preacher, all my family's saved. I'll be honest with you, almost all my family is too. I still got some that ain't. I got, I'm a, I got more to preach, but I just try to mind the Lord. I got people in my mind, I can see their faces right now. I can see their faces that if Jesus were to come back, they'd be left. You know what I think about all the time, Ethan? 
don't know if you even worked with him. I think about Solomon all the time. And if Jesus were to come back right now, he wouldn't be ready. Who do you know? Surely I come quickly, he said. That quickly is not really talking about. Now I can tell you, look, I'm going to go down to the store and get me a hot dog, and I'm going to be back real quick. You know what that mean? I'm not going to be gone long. That's not what Jesus is saying right here. That word quickly, it means without delay. So that means when I do come back, it ain't going to be fast. It ain't going to be a certain amount of time. He's saying when I do come, it's going to be quick. No delay. Paul said something like this, in the moment and the twinkling of an eye, the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible. Amen? That's how fast it's going to be. They ain't going to be able to get ready when he comes. Hey, let me ask you this this morning. Are you ready? If Jesus come back right now, are you ready to go to heaven? What do you think? Who do you know? All right. When's the last time you told them about it? When's the last time you went to where they were? Talk to them about their soul. Don't deceive yourself. He's coming. And if you ain't ready, you're going to be left here. I wonder if Jesus came back right now and the church of God would be taken out here in the rapture. Who'd be left sitting in that chair? Would you go with us or would you be sitting right there? That's how it's going to happen. I'm just being real with you. I don't, know, I don't have any other way to be. I'm just honest with you. Are you going with me? Are you going? Do you know? If Jesus came back right now, would you go to heaven? Or would you stay right there? Do you know? Do you know? Do you know? I can't get away yet, but just hang on a second. Do you know? Say, preacher, I've been a member of this church for 50 years. That's wonderful. That'll make you ready to go to heaven. Preacher, and I know where I'm at. Good night. Do I know where I'm at? I know that. This is the greatest church that you could possibly find. There's a few more. Thanks to Calvary, it's probably better, but I'm just telling you, there's a few churches that's better. Look, I know where I'm at this morning, but I'm telling you, I couldn't get away from what I'm preaching right now. I wanted to preach something totally different. That's why I couldn't give Brother Evan the title because I didn't know what I was preaching. Do you know? Do you know? I'm telling you. My heart feels like it's about a thousand pounds right now. Because I believe there might be somebody right here in this service that Jesus is dealing with your heart. And you know that you're not ready to go to heaven. You know that you're not ready to go. You know that you're not ready to go. Do you know? If Jesus can, what are you, what's your hope of heaven? I got a lot more to preach. I, I got some good stuff to preach. And maybe I'll get there. But do you know you're ready to go to heaven? Because he's coming. It could be right now that he comes. You better be ready. 
There's a reservation of his coming. Although I'm in strong agreement with it, I want it to happen today. There's still something in my heart that says, oh, they ain't ready. You can be, though. Today's the day of salvation. Now's accepted time. You can be ready right now. All you got to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Place your faith in him. It's not enough to believe in him. You got to believe on him. The devil believes in the Lord, but he ain't going to heaven. You've got to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, preacher, that's confusing. What's the difference? I really don't. I'm going to do it on that because I don't want to put a hole in that chair. I believe that chair will hold me. I do. Y'all listen to me. I believe that chair will hold me. Heads up. (laughs) But you know what I'm doing right now? I'm standing on stage. I'm believing in that chair. I'm not believing on that chair. I believe this chair will hold me. Now I'm believing on it. You know what happened in 2013 as a 17-year-old boy? I got off the stage and I jumped on the chair. I didn't just ride the coattails of mom and dad anymore. I didn't just believe in the Lord Jesus, but I called on him and I believed on him. And if Jesus came back right now, I know as much as my name is Jeremiah Joseph Simpson that I'm ready to go to heaven. How sure are you? How sure are you? Have you got on the chair this morning? You believed in him or are you believing on him? There's a difference. There's the reason for John's request. There's the reservation in John's request. And lastly, there's the rejoicing in John's request. Oh my. John right here has been allowed to see all the way to the end of time. John, he knows what's waiting on him and all the rest of God's children. But John also remembers the time spent with the Lord. I believe that John, when Jesus says, surely I come quickly, John begins to recall the moments that he spent with Jesus. He remembers the day where Jesus found him and saved him. John remembers their closeness. John remembers laying his head on the bosom of Christ. John remembers that horrible scene that was Calvary. John remembers running through the empty grave that morning. John remembers the Judean hillside where them two men in white apparel said, you men of Galilee. He remembers all that. And when Jesus says, surely I'm come quickly, well, John don't hesitate at all. There's no reservation really in his statement when he says it. He's like, no hesitation, I mean. He just... Amen. Even so come. Because he remembers being with the Lord and he longs to be with him again. You and I, we don't have all the same experiences that John had. But those of us that are saved, we've had a few, Brother Brandon. Oh, my, I can remember when he lifted me out of my sin. Saved me by his grace. I can remember and recall the times that I felt his presence. Felt his glory and felt his power and his grace in my life. I can remember all the times when he spoke peace to my soul. I cling to the memories of his blessings, of his providence, and of his mercy. And I say like John, I long for him to come again. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face. (laughs) Amen. I wish it be today. It could be. That's something to rejoice about that he's coming again. There's the blessing of the resurrection for when it's coming. Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8, 
We are confident, I say, and willing, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Those loved ones you've got that's done gone, died on, done gone on, their body's still on the ground. Now, their spirit, their soul's with the Lord, but their body's in the ground. And when Jesus comes again, it's going to be a great getting up morning for the saints of God. Bless God. Those loved ones, their souls with the Lord don't fall out on me, but their bodies in the ground. Ain't nothing wrong going to the grave sites of your loved ones, but I'm just going to be honest with you. They ain't there. They ain't there, but one of these days, he's going to say something like this. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel of the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. I don't know how it's going to happen, but all of a sudden it's going to be like, that's what's going to happen. That grave sign, that's going to be a, it's going to look like a mine. I don't know how it's going to look. It's going to look like a minefield in that grave site. I grew up, well, I got to go. Y'all just make it so easy to preach. I grew up in Lexington. My dad pastored Waters Grove Baptist Church. We built a new sanctuary, and we built a fellowship hall while we were there. Sanctuary set here. Fellowship hall set what over there on the property. And as you walk from the sanctuary to the fellowship hall, if you look that way towards the road, there was a massive cemetery. Massive. Say, how big? How do you know it was so big? Because I had a weed in it every week in the summer. That's how I know it was so big. <laughs> it was huge. Daddy always said this. He wished that the Lord would come back. And he'd hear the shout, the trumpet sound when he was walking from the church to the fellowship hall. Because he said every once in a while I'd walk and I'd just walk like this right here. I'd just go like that right there. Because he wanted to see when the dead in Christ arise first. Because there is going to be a great getting in the morning. There's not only a blessing of the resurrection, but there's the blessing of the rapture. Because not all of God's people are going to die, y'all. Some of us, I said us because I believe I'm part of that crew. Some of us are gone by way of the rapture. Now, I'm not afraid to die, but I'd rather go by the rapture. Let's just be honest about this thing. <laughs> I'm not afraid of it, but Sunday grave ain't got nothing on that fly through the sky, man. One of these days, we're taking a plane air ride. Not an airplane ride, but a plane air ride. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, man. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel, the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain. Paul thought it'd be him too. He said, then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds. To meet the Lord in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen. I said, oh man, it's the blessing of the rapture. That's going to happen one of these days. Yes, it can happen right now. Right. You listen to me. He could shout right now and the church be gone. Now, I don't know if we're going through that tile or not. I don't know if there's going to be some tile missing or if we're just going straight through the ceiling. But that ain't going to hold me is what I'm saying. Because when he shouts, the church is getting out of here, honey. Hey, man, I'm going. Thank God I wish it'd be right now. I wish it'd be right now. I ain't but 26 years old. I'm still wet behind the ears. But I tell you this, there's been a lot of things in my life I ain't done yet. I ain't got to see the Grand Canyon yet. I ain't got to see Niagara Falls. I got a bunch of stuff. Y'all don't hear it all? I ain't got to see Niagara Falls yet. But I don't even care. If the Lord came back, bless God, I'll see it in the millennial reign. Yeah, <laughs> man. Come on, that's right. I'm going to build me a shack right on the edge of the canyon, honey. 
Amen. I don't know how it's going to work, but I believe it. Lord, y'all, y'all know your Bible, right? Okay. We're going to be here. There's a blessing of resurrection, blessing of the rapture, and then there's a blessing of reunion when he comes back. I'm done. I'm, I'll make it too easy to preach. You can preach two, I mean, y'all, I'm not going to, but you can preach two hours in this church and feel like you preached 10 minutes. There's a blessing of reunion. I've already quoted it twice. I'm going to do it one more time. It says, then which, let say it right. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. There's two reunions in that verse. First of all, it says, be called up together with them. Who's them? The verse prior, the dead in Christ. Those that's done gone home. You want me to encourage your heart for just a second? When Jesus comes again, that mama that you've lost, that was saved, you're going to get to meet her again in the air. Amen. That daddy you done lost, it was saved. Guess what, man? You're going to get to see him again. Hallelujah. Man, that's good stuff right there. I've got a good godly heritage in my family of preachers. My dad's preached here many times. My grandpa's preached here. Both my grandpas have preached here. My dad, Brother Jeremy, and then my grandpa, Brother Ronnie Simpson. Well, I got a great grandpa that started that heritage. He was 13 years of age. His age was, his name was Howard Simpson. He was raised in an atheist household. He was having a meeting down in his town. He went down at that meeting and got saved by the grace of God, 13 years of old. He went home and his mom and daddy mocked him, made fun of him. Said, Howard, you don't know what you're talking about. He knew what he was talking about. Went to bed and cried himself to sleep that night. Kept going to that meeting. And guess what happened? The Lord called him to preach at 13. He preached the gospel for over 50 years. Had sons that preached, Terry and Ronnie. And Ronnie had a son named Jeremy. Jeremy had a son named Jeremiah. And y'all looking at him. That's my great-grandpa. Say, preach what you're talking about. He died when I was six months old. I never got to meet Howard Simpson. But one day, <laughs> one day I'm going to get to go hug his neck and tell him thank you for starting my godly heritage. I've told my papa thank you. I've told my daddy thank you. But I ain't never got to tell Howard thank you. And I'm looking forward to seeing my great-grandpa. Hugging his neck and telling him, thank you for what he did for our family. That mama that prayed for you all them years is no longer with you. I got good news. You're going to get to see him again. And all that's wonderful. And I'm looking forward to seeing them. But you know what's even better than that? We get to be with the Lord. I get to see the one that died for me. Get to see the one that left all the glory of heaven. Come down to sinful man and gave everything so that I could be a part of that. Wonderful family of God. Son, that is something to rejoice about. We really get to go to heaven. Did you hear what I just said? We really get to go to heaven. I really get to go. (laughs) I wish it be today. I wish it be the day that he'd send out of heaven with a shout. We'd hear the shout and the trump of God. I wish it be today. But preacher, you don't know what I'm going through. I know you're excited and there's rejoicing and all that good stuff. What do you call it in Sunday school? 
when people get, what's that weird word you're saying? Anybody help me out? Yeah, the, the ham, where do you go? What is it? Some of y'all mammy pamby lands, what y'all doing? Yeah. You should pre preacher, that's all good and well and all, but I'm just saying mammy pamby land. Well, you rejoice. Hey, there ain't one thing in your life right now that a trip to heaven won't fix. Hey, I'm saying that one more time. There ain't one thing in your life right now that a trip to heaven can't fix. This could be the day. This could be the hour. This could be the moment that Jesus comes again. You know what I'm doing? I'm looking for it. I'm listening for the shout of my bridegroom. I'm listening for it. Did y'all know it was all right to shout? He said he'd descend from heaven with a shout. I like to shout, friend. It's all right to. You know there's three things you need to do in your life? Three things every person in the world needs to do. Number one, you need to get saved. Number two, you need to lead somebody to the Lord. And number three, you need to have a good old-fashioned, just can't have a Holy Ghost-filled shouting fit. You ought to shout this morning because he's coming again. Hallelujah. You ought to shout because your name's written down in glory. You ought to shout because this world's not your home. You ought to shout this morning because God's blessed your family. You ought to shout that you don't have to go to hell. Thank God you ought to shout because he's coming. Hallelujah, he's coming. Thank God he's coming. I'm not looking to stay here much longer. He's coming, and he's coming with a shout. You say, what's he shouting? I don't know. Maybe Revelation 4.1. But I know when you study that out, it's a commanding shout. He's coming like a commanding officer, shouting. You say, what's he commanding? He's commanding the graves to let him out. He's commanding the devil and his demons to let him through. And he's commanding heaven to let him in, thank God. He's coming with a shout. Are you ready? Thank God he's coming. Man. But preacher, that's all good and well. Preacher, you really just don't understand what I'm going through. Well, I'm still working on that. Hang on a second. You know, it shouldn't discourage us when we see what the world shapes it in. Because the Bible talked about that. The Bible said that evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. It just lets me know, hey, he's almost here. I ain't looking around this morning. I'm looking up. You know why? Because he's coming. So preacher, you don't mean looking for no signs. Well, it's too late, honey. I'm done been looking. And you ain't been reading your Bible if you think that. It's Hebrews chapter number 10, verse 25. You'll like this. Some of y'all don't go to church all the time. You'll like this verse. Not forsaken the assembly of ourselves together as the man of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as ye see the day approaching. What day? His day, thank God. You say, what are you doing this morning? I'm just exhorting that he's coming. Don't not discourage you when you see the shape the world's in. And don't not get you down. So I look at the shape the world's in and the Holy Spirit in my heart's jumping up and down saying, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Hey, man, weeping may endure for the night, but joy is coming in the morning. He's coming. Oh, he's coming. I'm done. Brother Abel, will you play on that piano so I'll quit preaching, brother? <laughs> he's coming. But preacher, you just don't know what I'm going through. I'm going to steal my dad's illustration. It'll be all right. 
And you, this morning's probably used it here, but I'm going to do it again. Preacher, you just don't understand what I'm going through. Well, I've heard all my life, and I believe this, that Revelation chapter number one, two, and three is a picture of the church age. I've heard all my life, and I believe this morning that Revelation chapter four, verse number one, verse number one is a picture of the rapture. The Bible says this, after this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet, talking with me, which said, come up hither. And I will show these things, these things which must be hereafter. That might be what he shouts when he comes, by the way. Come up hither might be what he says. I don't know. That's what it said here. Sounds pretty good to me. I don't know if you know this, but we're living today in Revelation chapter 3, verses 14 through 22. That's the church of Laodicea. We are the church, we are the land of sin church age. We are. So you know what that means this morning? Where I'm living and where I'm leaving, it's on the same page. I need to say that one more time. Where you're living and where you're leaving, it's on the same page. Through many dangers, tolls, and snares, I have already come. His grace has brought me safe this far. <laughs> oh, my. And grace is going to lead me home. Amen. Brother Ricky, you think if he had enough grace to get us that far, that he's got enough grace to get us that far. Amen. Don't get discouraged this morning. I'll encourage you. Because we're on the last page of the journey. Oh, hallelujah. It could be today that he comes back. Hallelujah. That, oh, man. I'm telling you what. I feel like Jeremiah this morning. I know I'm Jeremiah, but I feel like Jeremiah. Because I got a fire shut up in my bones. Because he's coming. Hallelujah. He's coming. You ought to shout this morning. That this world's not your home. But it could be today that he comes again. Hallelujah. He's coming. Are you ready? Are you ready? Because it could be today that it comes again. That encourages my soul. We're on the last page, honey. We're on the last page of the journey. You better get your things in order because he's almost here. It ain't time to quit. It's time to quit preaching, but I just can't. It ain't time to quit, man. It ain't time to give up. It ain't time to be sad, but it's time to get your jumping shoes on because our Lord and Savior's coming again. Hallelujah. He's coming. He's coming. Are you ready? Let's all stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed. Hallelujah. He's coming. Say, preacher, what's all that about? Just trying to encourage you, saying to God, that it could be today that Jesus comes again. Don't you want, when he comes again, to find you faithful? We need to be busy. Some of you might just want to come to this altar. Thank him that, for the promise that Jesus is coming again. But really, the invitation is about twofold, if you'll be honest with you. It's for the saints of God to be encouraged. But also, it's for the saints of God to get a burden. 
want to ask you right now. Do you know anybody that's not saved? You know what y'all do? Y'all come to this altar and pray. Ask God to burden your heart even more for that family member that's lost. No one's looking around this morning. Some are coming to the altar, which is wonderful. Say, preacher, if I died right now, no one's looking. Preacher, if I died right now, I know that I'm saved. And I know that I'm ready to go to heaven. Would you raise your hand this morning? Preacher, I know that I'm saved. Hands all over the building. I sure do praise the Lord for that. You can put them down. Thank you so much. Let me ask you this. So I know one's looking. I don't want to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. That's the honest truth. Preacher, if I died right now or if Jesus came back, preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. Would there be anybody in the building that would say, preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I see that hand. Thank you for being so honest. Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. Anybody else in the building? Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I see that little hand. Thank you, buddy. Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. You know what would be a wonderful thing for you to do today? Come to this altar. Somebody take their Bible. That first step will be the hardest, I promise you. But I promise you, you'll never regret coming to this altar and asking Jesus into your heart, believing on him. Don't matter if you're five years old or if you're 55 this, years old this morning. Don't matter if you're 105 years old. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ can save you from hell. He's coming. Jesus is coming. Are you ready? I'm telling you this right now. God would not have burdened my heart like he did this morning to preach this message if there wasn't somebody in here that was lost. That was for you this morning. God burdened my heart for you. I don't even know who you are, to be honest with you. But God burdened my heart this morning for you, for your soul. Anybody in the altar needs somebody to pray with you, just slip your hand up. They'll come to you. People's praying, so I'm just going to talk. If you died in a car wreck on the way home, preacher, don't say that. It could happen. If you died in a car wreck on your way home today, I want you to think about this for a second. And you died, and you opened up your eyes, would it be heaven or hell? What would it be? Heaven or hell? Do business with God. I'm glad he's coming, ain't you? Oh, man. He's coming. I love what Paul said. I done quote it, but I'm going to do it one more time. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first. But hang on. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. But there's one more verse in that chapter. He said, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. 
that trial you got in your life, that trouble we got, you know how where we can find comfort? That he's coming again. Hallelujah. Brother Brandon's going to come close to service. Don't leave today if you're not sure you're saved. Come talk to me. Let me take my Bible and I'll show you how you can know. The greatest decision you ever make in your life is being 100% sure that you're ready to go to heaven. Brother Brandon, you come. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed just for a few more moments. The question's already been asked. There's no sense in me preaching on it anymore. Are you ready? Do you know that you know that you know? The Lord's return is imminent. It could happen at any moment. We know this through scripture. But are you ready? If you're watching by way of live stream, there's a number across the bottom of that on, on your screen right now. Call that number. If you're unsure of your salvation, you want somebody to pray with you, you just have a heavy burden, there are folks waiting by the phone lines right now. If you'll call that number, somebody will answer that, be able to pray with you. If you're unsure of your salvation, they're going to take the Bible and show you how you can be saved today.